But the biggest lesson I've learned along the way is that you have to do it for yourself. Um, I mean, and for your fans, you want people to enjoy your music. But if you're doing it for, for the money or for the fame, it's like the wrong reason. It's like you have to do it because you can't do anything else because you want to. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Brie Noble, and I am so excited that you are listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we talk about making great music, connecting to your audience, and growing your business. I am so pumped to get back into some great interviews for the new year. And my interview today is with one of my favorite artists that I've known for quite a long time, Stacy Rose. I know you're going to really learn a lot from her interview. And one thing we discuss in her interview is some licensing opportunities that she's had, having her songs licensed for film and television and the kind of income that she gets from those opportunities. And it's perfectly timed because I have a workshop coming up with my friend Michelle Lockie from Licensing Songs Academy, where she's going to be teaching you guys how you can make money from licensing your music to film and TV. So I really highly encourage you, if you have any interest in this at all, to sign up for this workshop, femmusician.com slash 069. And just sign up for one of the times on January 12th. And if you are listening to this after January 12th, we are planning on having more workshops in the future. So just check that page and see if there's a workshop time that works for you. Now, let's talk about our guest today, Stacy Rose, and you'll find out how this music licensing theme ties into her story in a minute. The songs of Stacy Rose, often hailed as hooky gems by the media, have been heard on AMC, ABC, FX, MTV, Oxygen, E! Network, VH1, American Airlines Radio, and Sirius XM. Often called an artist you should know about, Stacy has somehow stayed true to her independent make-your-own-rules-as-you-go roots. Always writing and singing, Stacy is currently working on her sixth album and is excited to share it with you. So here's my interview with Stacy Rose. So that's a little bit about Stacy Rose. So Stacy, is there anything that's not in your bio that maybe is a little more personal, a little more unique about you that maybe people don't necessarily know when they read about you on paper? Well, I would say from a very personal standpoint, I don't know if people know much about me, like really personally about my life, my, my, um, my home life or my upbringing or anything like that. I let me think of a couple of things that might be of, of interest. Um, I married my high school sweetheart. I have a five-year-old son. I, you know, as people listen to your music, I don't know, you know, it's hard sometimes to separate fact from fiction when you're listening to music because you don't, especially when you don't really know people that well and you just, and also songs take on their own shape and their own meaning when you're listening to them. Um, but maybe something of interest is that my songs 
truly do mirror where I am in my life and what's going on at that particular time. So if you were to listen to my discography, like if you're going to listen album by album by album, and I'm, you know, that's a lot of listening, but if you were to do that, you'd probably get a sense of what life seemed like to me at certain times um, and things I may have been going through because I tend to write myself through my life. Like I, my music is my medicine, it's my therapy. And um, it's the way I get through things, whether they're good or bad. I mean, I guess, especially during bad times, I really, really um, sink myself into my music, so to speak. But even in good times, that's the best way I can express how I'm really feeling. It always has been. It's just music has been my greatest vehicle for expression my whole life. So, yeah, I think that a lot of songwriters can identify with that. It becomes kind of our journal, our, our diary in a way. Absolutely. And we say, we say things in songs we probably would never say when we were telling someone something. <laughs> it's amazing what we'll say, right? Absolutely. And I think because exactly. And I guess because like songs in a weird way, because once you push them out into the world, they become like part of the collective somehow. And so there's, that's kind of like a buffer. It's like, um, yeah, it's like your heart on your sleeve, but then you send it out in the world and it's kind of like just out there and it's not really, it's attached to you, but not, but not, it's, it's hard to explain, but it, it, it kind of becomes its own entity. And then it means different things to different people. It doesn't have to mean the same yes. thing that it did to you who wrote exactly it. Exactly that. It's exactly that. And, and yeah, that's, I think when it becomes art, when it takes on its own identity. And, and, and frankly, that's, the part and that's sort of like the exchange of it. That's when you kind of turn it over to the to the outside world and and or the world at large, and and that happens. And sometimes people will say, "Oh my God, you wrote that song about me," and like people will joke around that like it was so much mirroring of their life because we all are human and we all go through so many of the same things. And that's what makes music so um, connect. Like that's what that's where the connectivity is. Is that like you know, people say there's only a finite amount of chords. So all, all musicians are just using the same, you know, the reason people songs sound the same sometimes, or parts sound the same is we're all working with the same chords. It's just the way you use them. It's the way you use the music. It's the way you use your voice. It's the way you scramble things up. But I think it's the same with emotions. We all have the same emotions and they all have to get out there. And we go through so many of the same things at different times of our lives. So you know, some, like I wrote a song called disaster a while back. And a lot of my friends were like, Oh my God, that's so my life. It made me so happy because I was like, you know, a, I don't feel as alone in that feeling that I felt when I wrote it, but also B, you know, that it's reached somebody somehow. And that's where the beauty is in making music and then pushing it out there. Definitely. So, and I cannot believe that your son is already five. I mean, it just seems like I was reading about you having a baby, like, last year. So it's time flies. How does that work with your, you know, the way you run your career? Well, it's funny that you said time flies because it's, it's crazy for me to even think about him being five. Cause I feel like he was just a baby. Um, it's, and how it's worked with my career is, is, um, it's done so many interesting things. Just, you know, it just, it just has just, it just, um, when he was born, I really had to change my whole way of pacing myself, um, as anybody would do with a baby. But I just, I never quite got that in life. I never knew how to pace myself with anything. And I never understood. I kind of just went at everything full force, full speed all the time. It was like, that was the only way I did things. And it's just patience. Like I, I've had to learn patience and timing and balance. and it brings a different, 
it brings a different sensibility to your music and your approach when making music. Um, and it's also, it's just taught me a lot of things and it's, um, it's been, it's been really good for me. It's just been, it's been like I made when he was one and a half, I made star stripes and milestones. And a lot of those songs were, um, about the time leading up to his birth and then after he was born. So that was really amazing because I was filled with inspiration. I felt fertile, more fertile than ever in a songwriting, um, way. I was just thinking about everything and changing my ideas and just so many things were flooding my heart and my mind. So it was a really wonderful time for expressing myself and, um, you know, babies sleep a lot. So actually he didn't sleep enough, but, 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 (laughs) but, but the, the amount that they do sleep, it, it afforded me a lot of time to write. So when he was a baby, I used he would nap and I would write and I would sing softly and write songs. And it was such an amazing, um, transformative time for me. And I was just writing all the time. So when he was, I guess about one, I I think about one, one and a half, I started making that album and I did it differently than I had done anything else before, you know, like where I'd stretched out recording over months and months and months. I recorded the whole album in a weekend, um, at a house up in the Poconos. And, um, that was an amazing new experience and a different way of making music, just like getting in, getting into, um, a certain mood with a certain, with some people and, and just going for it, like going for it. It was amazing. And it was just, it was like a new experience, a new way of making music. I've, I've been writing the songs and crafting them over many, many months, but the, but the actual recording of it happened really fast and spontaneously. And that was new. And then ever since then, I've been writing, 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 playing a gig here and there while, when, when I can licensing music, making music, you know, continuing on with everything. And now I'm in the middle of, a, of another album that I'm halfway through right now recording. And this is another thing because now he's five and he's in kindergarten and there's so much going on in our lives. So again, I've had to figure out, okay, how can I do this now that it fits into the landscape of our lives? And I've um, kind of found another way to, to make this album that's work that's working now. And that's, I think what it's about is just no matter what's going on in your life, no matter how much time you have, it's just making it work finding a way to make it work. Um, just- yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you're right. Like I made my first album so differently than I did like say my holiday album that I made when my kids were older, but I had to get a like, not too old, not old enough to watch themselves. So I had to like build babysitting costs into the cost of recording my album, but yet I recorded it myself in my own house and then like sent the kids away to a babysitter, you know, so you just kind of have to figure out how to make it work with your life at the time. Right. And everyone is probably going to be different. That's a perfect example. And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's managing things the best way you can to make it happen. And, And I've gotten so much more creative with that and so much more patient with myself because I know that at the end of the day, that this is really important to me. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't envision my life without making this music and this album that I'm making now, I joke around with people all the time, like that it's going to be, well, hopefully a better album, but that it's like my Chinese democracy. Like it's, you know, like Axl Rose, I think it took him 13 years to make that album. And I'm sure it'll be nothing like that album. But the thing is, it's just, you know, I'm finally, I'm five songs in, it's only been, it's been less than a year actually, but that's how much like in the past I moved so quickly I just, I get a head full of steam about something and I just plow ahead. And with this, you know, I recorded five songs and now I've done backing vocals and now they're being mixed. And it's just, you know, it might be another six months before the, the second half is finished, but it's okay with me where before it wasn't before I'd be like, no, must, 
move forward, you know, <laughs> be productive and make this happen. But it's like things are worth waiting for and it's better to do it right and do it when you can and do it the way it's going to actually work and sound good. For sure. Have you considered breaking it into two EPs? I'm just curious if you, or if you're like very set on like, I need to have full albums. You know, it's funny because I thought about that a little bit and, um, I ended up, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if you, I'm sure you heard, you've heard it, but I had done the alter ego EPs. I think you had played something off of them. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, um, and I ended up doing that with those, but I released them together, but because the sides of the albums were so different, um, I did them as like two separate EDPs and, and they were released at the same time. So I'm totally not against that idea. I guess the only reason I've, I've been clinging to putting it together as a whole album is that there's a group of songs that I had written, you know, together. So I kind of felt like it'd be great to have them exist together. But then it's in today's world, the way people experience music, it may not matter anyway. So it's just a, at the end of the day, a matter of like, what my heart tells me to do, because I realize that most people today don't listen to an album from beginning to end. They listen to songs, which is another incentive for every song to really be good and stand on, and stand on its own because, oh, yeah, you know, because you can't hide behind the fact that, oh, it's just going to get mushed into an album. Not that I would ever do that. It's, it's an album track. Right. right. Exactly. Because any, every track has to be its own individual piece of beauty somehow, which is great. So, so I'm not really sure it's, it's a good, it's, it's funny that you brought that up. Cause I have been thinking about that recently since five songs are done. I'll keep you posted for sure. Well, I just, I got super excited about talking about all this stuff and we got a little bit of ahead of things. I want to find out how you got started in music. Well, I would say I got started really early on. Well, actually I just thought of this right now that I really got started when I was four in lollipop school. And, um, I had the opportunity to sing You're a Grand Old Flag by myself. It was like my first ever solo. And it's so funny I, that I, I can remember this. I don't remember faces or anything like that, but I remember being in front of a lot of people and just like belting it out. Like it could have been, you know, stop dragging my heart around or something. Like I was four singing You're a Grand Old Flag. And it was just belting it out. Like, this is the song. It was like my rock and roll at the time, but it was my big moment. And it was the only time I'd ever sung in front of a crowd. And I just loved it. So that was my first, I think that was where I I was like, oh my God, this is really amazing. But then after that, um, you know, I was in school talent shows and I did theater whenever I could, and especially musical theater. And I was in every choir that I could, that I could be in. Um, yeah, yeah, that was me too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every choir. Yeah. Like anything like, and I didn't care if I sung soprano or alto, like wherever my voice was at the time, I just wanted to sing. Like, it didn't really matter to me that I had a certain, it was just like, I just had to sing, you know, it was like, it wasn't just the singing. It was like, it was the lyrics. Cause I, I distinctly remember being in my parents' car, um, and every song on the radio, it, it's like, I had to not just know the way it went, but I had to memorize, like I had to remember the choruses and I had to know the lyrics. So I would like really quickly take note of the words, even though I never, I probably at a such young age, didn't even know what I was singing about, but it's like, it was the lyrics and it was, it was all of it. And in high school, you know, I was in choir in high school and I did the musical theater, but my boyfriend at the time, who is the, who is the guy I ended up marrying later on in life, but, um, he had, he had guitars and 
I was totally fascinated. I'd always taken piano lessons growing up and he had guitars, he had electric guitars, he had drums and acoustic guitars. So I stole one of his acoustic guitars. I mean, he let me steal it, but he, he gave, he gave it to me to borrow for like a week and I had it forever. And I just started right. Like I didn't really know how to play it, but he was teaching me a chord here, a chord there. And I just started writing songs with like the three chords that I knew. Um, and then I took more lessons in college off campus. And that was kind of a big deal. I would like, you know, go to this cool guitar guy's place and, and I would get lessons and, and he had this sort of like, um, non-conventional way of teaching, which was really cool to me in college. And I was writing all the time through college, but not really playing. Like I would have, I'd be at a party and people would be like, will you play us a song? And I would always need like a drink before I could play because I was too nervous. <laughs> but then once I got going, I was into it. I was totally into it. That's so I would say in college is how I really got started with the songwriting aspect where I was really actively writing songs. And then, you know, did, did you study music in college? I didn't, you know, I was always winging it. I was, like I said, I was taking lessons. Um, but I was always kind of going, going by feel and by ear all the time. And, you know, I'd had some musical background with musical theater and I had taken piano lessons, so I, I had some musical background, but not a formal background by any means, but I just had the ear for it. And I was always, and I, the other thing too, is I guess my lack of, of a real, um, of a real musical, um, background as far as, um, you know, studying music, it, it allowed me to experiment because I, I had no restrictions. Like I didn't really know which chords I was playing early on. I, I eventually learned, but Early on, I didn't know which, I knew like a few chords, what they were, but then I was just noodling around and, and on the fret and just finding chords. So what happened was after college, I started taking lessons again. And this teacher was trying to teach me music theory. And I came in, I just played him a couple of my songs. And he was like, you know what? I don't want to like undo what you're doing. He's like, because you have your own way of playing in your own rhythm and, and your own sensibility. And he's like, and a lot of people, you know, like Joni Mitchell, and I'm not comparing myself to Joni Mitchell, but you had like Richie Havens and Joni Mitchell and a lot of people that had their own strumming style, like had their mm -hmm. own way of playing it. I mean, it went, I mean, everyone has like Lucinda Williams and the Stones, everybody, people have their own way of, of sort of doing things, but sometimes the lack of theory, if you will, gives you sort of that right, not the right, but you just, you just find your way and you make it up as you go and you just feel your way. And, right. You're not second guessing yourself. Right. So sometimes, so later on when I would be right, making records and getting songs licensed and I would be like a legit artist, I would be working with these amazing musicians like I do now that are so well-versed and like, so, um, have so much theory under their belt and they're amazing musicians. And like, they'll be like, Oh, you went from that chord to that chord how cool. And I'm like, Oh my God, they think it's cool. And half the time, I don't even know why I went. I just like the way it sounded. So it's been like a little bit of a, you know, I, like I said, I like to know more theory and I probably eventually I'll, I'll delve into that, but it's been kind of cool for me to just, um, you know, just go with my gut with music. Cause a lot of music is that anyway, whether right. you know what you're doing, whether you know it or you don't, it's like, you need that, you need that going for you no matter what. So that kind of worked to my advantage, I guess, early on and maybe set me apart a little bit because I was just kind of like delving into all these strange places and just going for it. That's really cool. So at this point, do you consider yourself a full-time musician, a part-time musician? Do you have other things that you do? Uh, okay. Well, yeah, that's kind of like, um, that's kind of like a, a double, it's a two-sided thing. I have like, you know, I'm, I consider myself full-time 
in, in the respect that I, I'm always making music. I'm always playing. I'm always, you know, doing some music video project, like working on a music video or, or, um, making an album or co-writing with somebody or writing something for television. So I'm always making music. So I consider myself very full-time in that respect. Am I making my entire living making music? I wouldn't say that that would be the case. I have worked in, um, so I've done things in my life and in made career moves that have afforded me the time and space to actually make music. So here's something. So I've worked in um, television for a lot of years, freelance. When I came into, when I started working in television, I also had started a band, but I started working in television basically to, well, to be able to live and to have an apartment in New York city. Cause I really wanted to have a place in New York city, but I wanted to have a band and I wanted to be able to afford like a music space, um, which was actually in the music building on eighth Avenue. And I wanted to be able to, you know, have work with musicians and, you know, pay for instruments and stop, pay for gear and things like that. So basically one of my main reasons, I mean, it wasn't my only reason for wanting to work, but I was basically being able to do my music by having a job when I first started, which was in television. And it sort of propelled me forward. And I loved working in television and I've been freelancing ever since and basically doing promos for TV and, um, um, always on a freelance basis, which ended up great. Cause if I did any touring, I was a- always able to take the time since I was on a project to project basis. I would just not take a project if it interfered with something I wanted to do musically. Um, and then it's, then the two things started to intertwine where people in television would be like, Oh, she could write a song for this, for this spot that we're doing. Um, or we can license her music for this show. So the two started to kind of, um, play into each other. And sometimes people would hire me just to, to, to sing a song for like they would to cover a song for a show. So it became like a good fit of things to do and a way I could have income and support the music I was making and be able to, and also be able to make music independently, be able to make my own albums. Like I never had to wait for the validation of a, of a record label to be like, um, you know, we'll, we'll sign you and then, and then we'll make your album. Like I was able to make my albums when I was, when I wanted to by doing that. Um, and the way that I wanted to, and it was always sort of on, it was always on a budget. It's not like I ever had, you know, $5 million to put towards an album, but I was able to do it, you know, on my own terms all the time that way. So that worked. No, that, that was really smart the way that you did that. And at this point, do you, do you have your own record label? Are you working with an indie label? What's the label situation? Well, I basically early on, I started my own label so that I could, um, release my albums legitimately. And, um, like I, I set up everything I trademarked, I, I released everything, copyright, everything is legitimately done through the label. And I basically did that. So, so that I could put albums out when I wanted, how I wanted. Um, and it worked out really, really, really well, you know, and, I, and, and I've, I've sort of been navigating the, the quote unquote label terrain as an independent artist, but also as somebody who's, um, owns their own label. So I've, I've sort of been taking notes along the way from everyone I've met in every instance I've been in. Like I've been in label situations, like I've recorded, um, with artists like with Sony and overseas, and I've done all kinds of interesting things that have, um, allowed me to sort of learn how things are done. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you've done it really smartly. It reminds me a lot of my conversation with Rachel Sage. I mean, she, has 
kind of a similar path to you where she set up her own label. Now she's got a bunch of other artists under her and kind of built the label. Are, do you have any other artists or is it just a vehicle for you? You know, it's just a vehicle for me, but I have actually thought about um, bringing other artists onto the label. It just would have to be the right fit and, um, you know, the right time. But, you know, I, I actually have thought about that. And it's something that I might want to consider down the line. Um, but it really has been a vehicle for me, like I said, like, you know, like you understand to just, um, get the stuff out into the world and, um, and do it in a really smart, efficient way that's sort of, it's, it's, it's legitimate as far as like the way that I do everything, but it's also the whole independent aspect of it. And maybe, maybe you've talked about this with Rachel, it gives you the, the license to, to make your own rules sometimes. Oh, for sure. But it also gives you, I mean, I don't want to say legitimacy because it's not like any independent artist is not legitimate, but it, it puts a, like a, a, a different kind of face or something on what you're doing. That's a little more professional, at least in my, you know, my experience with dealing with you and with Rachel, like it's just a little bit of a different experience than dealing with an individual I, because there's kind of this thing behind you, you know, Well, I, I can see that. And, and I actually appreciate you saying that. And, and, um, a lot of it has just been along the way, just kind of like standing up for yourself and the music that you believe in and sort of making it as official as possible, you know, not just dabbling or be, or, or really waiting for anybody else to validate even if they do, I mean, it's wonderful when people do, it's just that it's, it's about, um, standing up for your music and, um, believing that it's worth, it's worth being heard. And by doing, by, by doing it this way, it sort of gives you a little, like you said, a little bit more, um, people take you a little more seriously and, and they're willing to look, they're willing to listen. And with that comes, and maybe, other artists, maybe Rachel, maybe, maybe other artists you've, you've talked to have felt this way with it becomes a little bit more responsibility too, because you can't really just like hide behind the fact that, you know, Oh, I'm just on my, I'm independent. Like then you really have to, whatever you have to sort of do everything the right way. Yeah. yeah you have to have the package that goes along with the the face that you're presenting. right. Which means it, there's a lot that goes along with that and it's marketing and it's a website and it's, um, keeping things current and it's, um, it's reaching out to people and it's, it's just, um, it's a lot, it's a lot of work to do that. Like to have your own label. It's, it's funny because it's not just like giving yourself a name and then slapping it on the back of an album. It's, it's, um, it's so much work to keep everything going, to keep everything, but it's worth it when, like you said, when people take notice and they listen to the music and then it starts finding its way into cool places. And, you know, it's just, um, you got to keep up. It's a lot to keep up with. For sure. I, I love the journey that you've been on and, and the, the smart way that you built all of it along the way. Is there anything that you can share with some of our listeners that may be struggling in those early stages, a story maybe of a time when you felt like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. Maybe I should just give up and, and, and figure out something different for my life. And, and a, a way that you maybe hit that wall, but then you were able to push through that and how that what you learned from it and, you know, how you made it out to the other side. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, and for that. And, and second of all, yeah, there's, there's so many, um, ups and downs in, um, music. And I think any artist will, will, should admit that. I mean, could admit that, that, um, you know, 
sometimes, you know, I've had in my career, my music career, definitely ups and downs and, and, um, things that have propelled me to move forward and things that have sort of stopped me in my tracks and made me rethink, rethink things a little bit, you know, you get breaks in music, you know, sometimes like you get a great gig where like a club will, will invite you to play and you're like, wow, this is such a great gig. You know, you start, okay. So you start out playing small clubs and, and, um, if you're doing a live thing, and I think I would say, I would suggest to, to artists that it's always good to get in front of people. Cause I know this, uh, in this day and age, a lot of people just make music and shoot it out over the internet, which is totally cool, but getting in front of people is really, um, has its merits and it's really where a lot of the beautiful stuff happens. So I would definitely suggest getting in front of people anyway, any which way you can, but it was just, you know, every gig you know, when I, when I first got my gig at like the bitter end and I just remember, you know, people coming up and being like, wow, that was really good. And that felt good. And then, you know, then I would start to play it, you know, the Mercury lounge and other places, village underground. And it's like, you start to build on it and you get momentum. And then, you know, I went to Nashville and I was like, wow, Nashville will have me and these festivals will have me. And then radio stations invite you. And then you start to get like a little bit of, um, momentum going, but then sometimes with music, like it, it stops for a minute. Cause then, you know, as you're laughing, cause you know what happens, it's, it's really like that. It's like an ebb and flow and, um, you get like this momentum and then it just stops for a minute. Or maybe your album is like, okay, everyone's listened to it and everyone's taking a break for a minute or whatever it is. Um, or maybe the money runs out, but whatever, and you, you have to stop touring or whatever it is, you have to stop making the album. It's just important. I would say to just keep going any way you can. And, 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 and if you have to stop for a minute, that's okay too, because the best thing about music is you can always get back on. Like it's never, I mean, you, you see all these amazing artists that are well into their fifties and sixties and whatever they are. And it's like, there's never a bad time to make music. You can always do it. You can take a break and you can get back in. You can, you know, um, kind of fall out of favor. And then you, this has happened with so many artists. I think everybody has seen this happen you know, you fall out of favor and someone doesn't like your album, somebody's like your song and then someone else does. Um, mm -hmm. or you've got, or, or a lot of fans do and people all of a sudden start taking to it. But the biggest lesson I've learned along the way is that you have to do it for yourself. Um, I mean, and for your fans, you want people to enjoy your music, but if you're doing it for, for the money or for the fame, it's like the wrong reason. It's like, you have to do it because you can't do anything else because you want to. It's like, you can't do it because you want to be famous or you, you're, you, it's like about making a lot of money. If the money comes, the money comes. But I think everybody sees in this music climate that we're living in, it's hard to make money as an artist. Money can be made. You know, I license my songs and those have been some of my huge successes. You know, I've licensed quite a bit of my music over the years and that's been amazing. And I'm so grateful to the people that have put me on like high prof profile shows. Um, and then I get you know, money from ASCAP back. And I, you know, I get, it helps me pay for more recording and it helps me pay for things, you know, um, for gigs and things like that. Um, but it's like, you do it because you love to do it. And that's where you do your best work, you know, because it's flowing through you and you, you can't do anything else. And I think you just always have to keep sight of, keep perspective. You know, it's like, um, People, there's always going to be an audience for music. People love music. So make it and get it out there any which way you can. And the best thing about today is, you know, when, when I started making music, there weren't as many vehicles, there weren't as many ways of getting it out there. So people were really set on getting a record deal. 
which is one of the, the things, you know, that I feel like sort of proud of my younger self for that. I was like, screw that. Excuse my French. But I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to get it out there one way or the other. And, um, it's sort of that steadfastness and that sort of fearlessness that, that people need to have. Like you really need to just, um, as sensitive as, as artists are, and that's great. Cause that's where all the, the music, the, the writing goes with the sensitivity that you put it onto the music and you get the best stuff by just like laying your heart out there. But you also have to have a fearlessness and a backbone about it. And I would just say, you have to stand up to it. You have to stand up for what you've got. If you have good music, get it out there. You know, there's SoundCloud, there's, there's a million different ways now to get your music out into the world, whether it's live, whether it's, you know, put it on iTunes, just get it out there because nothing can happen if nobody hears it. Oh yeah, definitely. You know? And I think you make a good point like about music and not to get worried if, you know, for some reason, all of a sudden you feel like you're getting all this attention then, and all of a sudden it's, it's kind of dying off. Like music itself is not a fad. Like everyone will always want music yes. in their life. Yes. And so, you know, maybe the last thing that you did didn't resonate, then do something else. As long as it's from your heart, you will find an audience for it. And it's not like you're a reality star that's going to fall out of favor. And then you really have nothing else to give to bring people back to you. You know what I mean? You always can create more music. You have the art inside of you. Exactly. And it's just at any time, it's like, you can do it at any time in any which way that you want. And it's like, by the same token, I would say, if I were talking to, you know, other artists that were just looking for advice, I feel like the, the other thing is to never, you were saying about fads, never follow the fad, never put yourself in a box. I mean, some of the best artists do what they want. You look at David Bowie, you look at Ryan Adams, you look at Lucinda Williams, you look at so many, you look at the Stones, oh my God, the Beatles, you look at all of some of the greatest artists, they do jazz and they do rock and they do blues and they do they do it all. And you don't have to put yourself into a category. And like, that is one thing that has always appealed to me. Beck. I mean, you look at Beck, there's so many of them. I mean, you know, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, is think about it. what, think about what Sting did when he left the police. Amazing. I mean, he's one of my yeah. favorites. He's one of, the, one of the best examples of it. And now he just made a rock album. And it's like, I just, you know, after all these years of doing other things, and I just feel like those to, in my life, I mean, even like you 2 they've made so many different types of albums, electronic and straight up rock and punk. And it's like, that is what being an artist is. It's just, it's doing it um, the way you feel it. You know, I would say to other artists that, you know, the best, the other thing is just to make the music that you feel that, that, that that's, that's authentic at the moment, you know, like where you're coming from at that moment. And don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about what, what you're hearing on the radio and what, I mean, obviously influencers are, influences are going to pass through you and come back out. Um, and that's great. You know, a lot of times when I'm making an album, I'm listening to a lot of the same things at that particular time that are really resonating. And I'm sure they come out some way. Um, but it's never like I'm actively trying to make the album that anybody else made. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm listening to old, you know, classic rock or I'm listening to jazz or whatever it is. It's like that sh there's like you were saying, there's always, you know, a time and a place for music and people always are going to listen to music. I just feel like you should never, you should never, you should never make music to be what anybody else just did because that's popular. Do, do what feels right. And, um, I will, I will say this. I mean, there's nothing wrong with writing a pop song. I mean, if, if, if it happens to be catchy, you know, all the better because it just has more chance, I think, in the world 
if it's, you know, if it has a pot, if it has a chorus, you know, if it has, you know, the true parts of a song, if it's constructed like an actual song, if it's not 17 minutes long, you probably have more of a chance of people listening. But as long as it's good, it just has to be good. I mean, people, I think people nowadays, there's so much out there and there's so much crap out there. And I think people just want something good. So if you can do something good, I mean, that's where it's at. Um, and something that that's honest and authentic and that's just um, true, because that's the other thing I think people can see through, you know, BS. If it's not real, people get that. Oh, definitely. And I think that artists tend to get myopic and they're, they don't think about how much there is out there. So they do need to know that when they do release something, like you said, it better be good because there is a lot of competition. And if you are good, you will stand out because of the fact that there's just so much competition, but a lot of it is mediocre. I think so too. And, and, you know, it's totally true. And another thing I would say is, you know, um, take your time with the writing or if it comes out really fast and it just always, and it works that way, just, you know, get it, get it right. Get it to where you feel that, that you're behind it, where you would want to sing it that way every time. Like if you write something that you don't ever want to sing again, there's, that's not good. It's like, that's not a good, not sign. A good sign. You write something that you're going to always feel that you're going to always mean, you know? And, you know, the other thing is too, is another little thing that I would just say is, you know, if it sounds good without a lot of stuff, it's probably, you know, that's probably the testament of a good song. Like if you, if you need the song to have, you know, some of the greatest songs ha- are highly produced and they're incredible, but if you can strip it down and it still sounds good to me, like that's really like how, you know, a good song, you know, if, if, if you can just play it with a guitar, play it with a piano and, and it still stands up, um, you know, you have a good song. Um, and like I was saying before, if it's a song that you're going to keep wanting to perform, keep wanting to sing, um, you know, I have songs that I've written that they don't have the same meaning now. Some of them, they, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's cathartic. Sometimes I'll sing a song, like I'll do it. We just did a show live at Rockwood in New York city recently. And I did some songs that I hadn't done in a while. And man, I was like, Oh my God, I'm right back to where I was when I wrote that song. And some of the songs I wrote like nine years ago. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm standing here. And I'm like, I'm at that immediate place in time. And then there's other songs that you don't feel them the way that you did because you've changed so much and you're at a different point in your life yet you bring a new meaning to them. But the words still stand up or, or the melody still stands up and you're like, oh, wow, this has a new thing for me now. Like, this is cool because now it's like a different shape on the song. It's like, it fits me a little bit differently. So you, you sing it a little bit differently or you play it a little bit, you arrange it a little bit differently, but it still feels good. So, you know, that's the other thing I feel like you have to change too. Your music is going to change. You're going to change. You have to be willing to sort of ride all those changes out. Um, and like you were saying before, if you fall out of favor with a song, with, with a record or, or, you know, you know, it, someone's talking about another artist at the moment, or you're not having your moment. That's the way life is, you know, like nobody, there aren't many artists in the world that are always like on the forefront of your mind. You know, you come in, you come out and then you hear an artist, then you, and then you hear an artist and then it's, and then you're reminded of their earlier stuff. So like you come back around and then your earlier stuff comes back around with it. So it's a a cyclical thing that just kind of, kind of keeps going as long as you keep going. Yes. Yes. Don't get discouraged if you feel like it's not working at the moment. That doesn't mean it won't work next year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So I'm curious, you were talking about the licensing that you've gotten. How has that affected your career? Like, have you, has it helped you gain any new fans or is it just more about helping to fuel your career financially? Do people really know that those are your songs on, you know, TV and film? Well, it's funny. It's, it's both. It's, um, I would say, yes, it's definitely helped fuel things financially, but also every now and again, um, some of the, some of the networks will actually credit you. Um, and especially there were, there were a whole bunch of songs I'd had, excuse me, I'd had a flurry of songs on MTV a while back and they had put my name, uh, um, and the title of the song up as the song was playing. Um, especially, you know, I've had songs like on promos and I've had a lot of songs in shows and sometimes during shows, they'll have like a little lower third graphic and it'll say like Stacey Rose, this song. And once in a while, they even say the album. I've, you know, I've had my music on some image spots, which are just longer spots, like a, a one minute piece for a network. And at the end of the piece, like AMC did this a while back where they put my name and my title on the back end of it. So people saw it. So I actually got, you know, a whole bunch of emails at the time that those happened from people. Um, like they, they, they found my website and found the, um, the label and they found the, the, um, peop- and the contact and contacted me, you know, asked, wow. you know, and some people went and found videos. It's funny. And, you know, it sounds a little crazy, like, wow, these people were actively seeking me out, but it's kind of not because I find when I hear a song on the radio, if I, nowadays I'll like, I'll Shazam it if I don't know it. And then I'll like, go look that artist up or I'll download something or I'll try to find out what they've done. So if you're really a music fan and I'm, I've always been a music fan, like I will go find that artist. I will try, you know, figure out what they're about, where they're from, when are, when are they playing? Um, if I like it enough. So people really will, um, seek you out if they, if they know who you are, if they can find you. So, um, that was really cool that that actually happened. I mean, you don't always get that lucky with shows where they'll say who you are. Sometimes you have to go to their website and then they'll do like a track listing of all the songs, you know, that they played in their episode. So sometimes people will actually go that far. And if I, I don't know if most people are doing that. Um, but I've definitely done that before. So yeah. If I've seen a, sh- a song in a show, especially if it was used in a way that was really emotionally compelling with a certain scene. Yes, me too. And it just reminds me of that scene and the feeling that I had. And, you know, that I'm going to want to hear that song again and remember that feeling. I will go seek it See, out. And I will too. But I always think of myself as sort of the exception, but maybe not. Like maybe more and more people do that. So it, so it has actually been helpful in that way where people like that maybe wouldn't have known about your music before find out about you. And then they, you know, come into your orbit and then they're interested in your music or when you're playing. And, and so that's been really cool um, and helpful. The other thing that's kind of funny, and I don't really even know how, if this, if this is actually true, but sometimes people will be like, you know, they'll hear your song and say, I feel like I've heard that before. Like, have, have your songs ever been on television? And I say, yeah, they've been on a lot of shows. What are the chances that they actually did hear it on that show? Or maybe they heard it on the radio, or I don't know, maybe they heard it on a podcast. I don't know, but I often get people that say to me, I feel like I've heard that song before. I'm sure I've heard your song before. So I have to think that somehow some of this licensing is paying off one way or the other. I mean, it is paying off some, it is, it is working. It's just that, um, I feel like eventually people start to catch, to catch it. It's like, if it happens enough times, that kind of thing. I think too, if you have a distinctive enough voice, like I think I would recognize your voice if I heard it on a TV show, 
Well, that's cool. Thank you. That's good to hear because... And some people don't, but some people really do have distinct voices. And I think you have one of those. Um, and that is, I think, where it could really help because people would notice you. And maybe they won't know exactly where they heard you and stuff, but it might just... It's like brand awareness, kind of. And You know, it makes you feel like if you, you see something enough times, it makes you feel like you know that thing, even if you've never even actually experienced it. Definitely. And, and, and to that end, and thank you for that. And, and to that end, I would say, you know, also when we were, to, we were just backtracking a minute, we were talking about, you know, what I might say to other artists. And that's a biggie, like to never be anybody else with your voice that you're not, because some of the greatest artists are, are you know, great singers, in, interesting singers, not so great singers, but they have their own style and their own voice. And they really, really, really use their voice in their own way. And, um, you know, some of my favorite artists are actually those people. Um, they're great singers, but they're also people that just do it their way. And they just sing what they feel the way they feel. They do, again, they don't try to just sing it the way everybody else is singing it. There's this real homogeny thing that happens with pop music. And I love pop music. And for the most part, I try to make pop music, but then there's this singing, this vocal style. And I think you could probably attest to this. You hear it. And it's like the same thing over and over again. And there's just a myriad of artists that all sound the same. And it's, it's, um, for an independent artist, it's probably not going to work to your advantage to try to sound like anybody else. No, not at all. And I do think there is a, a legion of especially female artists that I can think of that, that sound the same to me. And I don't know which one it is when I'm listening to the radio. Yeah. And it's all good. A lot of it's good. It's not, it's good. It's good. good. But are they going to really build fans or are they going to build fans from somebody else because they think that they're them? That's (laughs) that's the thing. So, you know, I think just by singing the way you sing and doing, you know, eventually people kind of catch on and then they're like, Oh, I've heard you before. You sound so familiar. So it's like just that it's like keeping, like you said, the brand awareness, like keeping, keeping something succinct. Like, even if you're kind of like going this way, going that way, trying new things, it's like, there's always, you know, somebody once said to me a long time ago, I was trying some new things musically as far as arrangement wise. And I was a little concerned early on about that. I was like, well, what if I don't sound like me? And I'm finally starting to get some sort of like awareness of my music. And I was getting a lot of press at the time. And I was like, finally feeling like I was like reaching people. And I was like, what if I do something different? And all of a sudden it's it sort of like, set, like sort of sets, sends people in the wrong direction. Like they don't recognize me or they're not, um, you know, it sort of um, works against me to do that. And, you know, somebody, one of the musicians I was working with was like, you know, I feel like you could do anything you want because you're, you're, you have your own style of songwriting, but your voice always sounds like you, no matter what you do, it always sounds like you. And it was really helpful to me early on. Like that was a helpful thing to hear because it gave me the confidence actually to just try different things. Cause I was like, okay, I got, I've got that, that I feel is pretty much like, that's the way I, I do that. That's the way I sound. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take some chances and just know that hopefully people are going to be able to pick me out. So, you know. Yeah, that's definitely true. I remember when you did the Alter Ego albums and they were like, like, wow, that's a totally different style for her. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still you. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, and in the end, at the end of the day, it's funny. Like I listened to that and it still sounds like me. Like there's nothing, I don't look back on any of it and think, God, why did I do that? 
Like that's yeah. weird. It, other people might, other people might. It's funny because some people are like, oh, I really like when you did that other kind of thing. And some people are like, oh, I like when you stick to this other thing. And then other people are like, oh, what, I like you best when you do like the country-ish kind of sounding pop. And then there's always going to be people that like what they like, what they like, what they like. It's just, that's oh, the yeah. way it is. That's, that's the best thing about music. It's so subjective. People like what they like. But it's like, but at the same time, if you sound like you and you do what you do and you feel good about it, you can look back without regrets and be like, I'm, I'm doing what feels right. Now, I know you've done some interesting things with video too. How has that helped your career? I remember you did kind of like little mini stories in a way. Um, what were those? So yeah, I remember that was, what they were. that was sweet songs. And, um, yeah, that, and I actually, I, I hope to get back to that and do like another round of those, even though that was a while ago, but the concept was so much fun. Um, I worked with a filmmaker named Patricia Chica and, um, my friend Robert Smith had introduced me to her and I've done so much music with Robert. And I mentioned him because he was very instrumental in the whole project also. Um, but we were just brainstorming one day, me and Robert, and I told him, you know, this idea I had, and we spoke about it for a while and he's like, Oh my God, I know the person that would be perfect to do this with. And I, it was Patricia and I spoke with her and it was this collaborative thing we all kind of threw our ideas in and the whole premise of it is that we, we picked a neutral spot and it happened to be a hotel suite. Um, and the idea was I would bring a song in that was kind of just, you know, partially written or had just been written. And I bring a bunch of my favorite musician friends into the, to the, to, into the hotel room. And we just all just, um, jam together and work on the song and record it from the ground up. And I do a little bit of talking about how the song came to be. So you get the sense of how a song is kind of born, how it's written and how it might come together. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of this hang. Um, yeah, I am remembering it now. Yeah. I'm watching one of them and it's, it's a cool, I mean, that's even more than behind the scenes. That's like, come along with me as I create something, which I think is really interesting, especially to people that aren't musicians because they have no idea what that process is like. And then to musicians, I think it feels like, oh yeah. And it like brings back memories of the studio and, you know, fun stuff. Totally. And you know, what, I think what, what sparked that idea is that a lot of people were asking me about my process at the time. It happened, it happened that more than, more than a few people were asking me about the process of songwriting and the process of recording and arranging and working with different people. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool to do something to showcase that, but in a really sort of cool, um, um, grassroots, but just like, just like a very like non-pretentious way, just like a, you know, how it really is, like how it would really be to just write a song and be in a room with a bunch of people that you really love working with and how a song might come together. And to me, the, the thing about this that made it so much fun for me is that is, I mean, you're in a different head when you write music than you are when you record it. It's, they're two totally different places to be. And I mean, maybe some people feel differently about that, but for, for me personally, when I write, it's often in a vacuum. And then when I record, it's just, it, it's, then it's like another phase with other people and it's so collaborative and it's come to be one of the things I love the most about making music is the collaborative aspect of it. And that mm. sweet songs, um, we did three different episodes. We split it up into three episodes and, um, with all the, with three different songs and, um, it really speaks to the collaborative nature of making music and, and how fantastic music becomes when you add the collaboration aspect to it. Did you get a really good response from your fans? It was amazing. And it was, 
it was great. Like it, it got such a great response. And I think the musicians enjoyed it and, and we enjoyed it. And I loved working with Patricia with, you know, the filming of it and then the editing, working with the editor on it. And, and, um, it was, it was so much fun. It was so well received and it was just, um, it felt so me, like, it just felt like if I ever had to have a pet project, that's what it would be. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm actually hoping to do it again. The whole idea was to do it in New York city and then maybe do it in Nashville and maybe do one in California and maybe one in Miami. And then I just got involved in so many other things. It was just, it's just a matter of like time and, and scheduling and of course money, you know, to fund it. But I really hope to do more of them at some point. That would be cool. Come do one in California. Oh, I, would I, would, to come. I would love it. And I have a lot of friends. I'll come sing backup for yes, you. Yes, that would be, that so would be fun. great. And I have a lot of musician friends in California. So that would actually be like to do one in LA. That would be awesome. So I will let you know. Love cool. you to sing. Well, it, we've talked about so much amazing stuff. I cannot believe it. It's been almost an hour that oh, I've been oh my talking God. to you. Well, I, forgot, I forgot to mention one crazy thing, just, just as a sidebar, but you had asked me early on a personal thing. And mm-hmm. um, another thing that's just totally off the beaten path and crazy, but I, I, um, I recently, I'm sort of like a health nut and I recently started working on health coaching on the side, wow. on the side. I know it's a whole different thing, but um you know, making music and doing anything else in your life, you have to be well, you have to feel well to do, to do anything. And especially to make music because it takes a lot of energy out of you. Um, and I had gone through some, a few little health crises. Thankfully everything's okay now. Um, but it really put me in a space where I just wanted to be well, be well, be well, take care of myself as much as possible and learn everything I could about nutrition and health. And I've been studying integrative nutrition and I started actually doing some health coaching on the side and trying to help other people feel better. I think that's awesome. I actually did a, um, an episode, a few episodes back, uh, with Samantha Holmes all about that. Really? Yeah. She had, you know, she had candida and, you know, she was just a mess. And then, you know, she figured out what worked for her health wise. But I just think it's so important to talk about that because I remember when I was touring, like, it's so easy to just eat crap. Oh God, because it's, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, it's time, it's weird times. It's you're in a rush. It's, you know, you never have anything that you need when you need it. And, you know, and so we can get into this trap of like, oh, I'll deal with this when I get home. And by the time we get home, we're such a health mess. Yes. You know, so I think, I think that's a great point to, to bring to everyone's mind. You know, we, in order to keep our career going, we have to keep a well instrument and our instrument isn't just our voice. It's not just our hand. It's our, our entire body. Yes. And that's exactly why I, that's exactly why I brought it up just now, because it's like, um, you need, you need to feel well to create, you need to be able to have everything working for you to be able to, to, to play in clubs or, or to tour or to, to record, you know, to get out of the house and be playing guitar and be, and singing is, you need a lot of energy to sing, you know, singing is very physical. So if you're not feeling well, it's hard to do your best. So it's really, really important. Um, so I've been, you know, trying to help other people along the way and that's been super rewarding lately. I think that's really cool. I, you know, I actually suffer from Crohn's disease and I have to keep very, very up on that because 
it can mess you up so quickly. Yeah. Well, that's really serious. So especially you know. the older we get, darn it, you know, getting older is, it sucks. Yeah, and you have to, and you have to work harder to like keep everything in balance and, and make sure that you're, you know, on the mark, you have to really, you have to work at it a little bit more. So you, yeah, you get it. It's, it's, um, you learn, you know, you live and you learn and you just, it's all a journey. And it's like, it's just, uh, it's just uh, recalibrating as you go along, you know, and figuring out what works and how to, how to make it all work. Yep. That's what it's all about. Well, we had so much great stuff that we've talked about. I can't believe that we are done, Yeah, I'm so glad. but I want, I know I want, I feel like I talked to you for another hour. Yeah. I want you to let everybody know where they can find you and where they can hear your music and buy your music and, and watch you perform and all that stuff. Where's the best oh. way for people to connect with you online? Okay. Well, you can go right to my website, which is stacyrose.com. And I think you can also get there, stacyrosemusic.com. Make sure that's a S-T-A-C-I-E. Thank you for, yes. Thank yes. you for that. Stacy Stacy Rose with an I. I don't know many people that spell it that way. So I love the uniqueness of that. Thank you. Yeah. My mom says that she was a little drugged up when, when I was born. <laughs> But they gave her, they, she spelled it they wrong. They gave her so many drugs that that's how she spelled it. But I'm glad she did because it's different. And and um, so yeah, so Stacy with an I E, Stacy Rose R O S E, and and my website. And um, you know, I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on YouTube. I'm on iTunes, um, Spotify. I'm on Pandora. So you really, I'm pretty out there. And and I would love for you to come find me. Um, I'm I mostly play um in the New York City area, but I do get out of town sometimes. So I do get to other places. So if you're interested in hearing my music, you know, reach out because I would love to. Um, yeah, get on her mailing list. Yes. She, you know, keeps in touch and has a lot of interesting things that come through. So, you know, make sure you you get on the list and, and stay in the know of what's going on in Stacey Rose land. Absolutely. I, I would love it. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic day. We really appreciate you sharing all of your knowledge and experience. And I know that people that listen to the show are really going to benefit from everything you shared today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.